Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well met, fellow adventurers, back with Sir Crokington for the fourth and final part of Proving Grounds 2, The Perilous Streets, The Paymaster. That's part nine. In a ramshackle airhouse on the harbour front in China, you meet a mysterious man whose mission, it seems, is to eradicate a vile criminal element from the streets of, of the seaport. Okay, where is China? China is Tysa's second largest seaport. This bustling town sends a good deal of commerce along the Wither Twith, to the ports of Migsbor and Trithic, and beyond. Once a haven for pirates and smugglers in years past, China has cleaned itself up and restored much of its reputation. Thane Monwell, one of Tysa's five Thanes, hails from Chana and is responsible for chasing much of the lawlessness out of the city. Who is Thane Monwell then? A former sea captain in the Tyson Navy, Monwell of Whitwind had Thanedom bestowed upon him by King Wenwold for the many years of courageous service he gave the crown on the high seas. Thane Monwell is an old sea wat at heart, and many a close stream suspect he still longs for the days of high adventure on the raging seas. Uh. Alright, let us start with the blade. Begin the scenario. The man seated across from you at the corner table in the Silver Moon Alehouse in China approached you short, shortly after you entered and asked to have a word with you in private. Having paid for your ale, the mysterious figure, whose broad-brimmed, weather-beaten hat, casts a shadow that conceals the upper half of his face, speaks in a hushed but earnest tone as he addresses you by name from across the table. The man addresses you by name. Inexplicably, this neither shocks nor unnerves you. Instead, pulling your chair closer to the table, you lean in and listen intently to what he has to say. 
time is no ally, Sir Crokington, he says. There were forces within this city on the move, and with each passing day they grow bolder and more troublesome. I must be blunt with you. To conceal my intentions would insult a lady of your standing, and do no favour to my cause. You nod, appreciating the man's candour. He turns his head to the left and to the right, as he scans the alehouse crowd before continuing. There is an insidious criminal element on the wise here, he says. I approach you on behalf of those to whom I answer, to beseech you to levy upon certain members of that element, a toll in blood. These are wicked men, Sir Crokington, in thought and deed. They must not be allowed to sink their claws into the flesh of this city, as they've done to so many others. You question the man further. He tells you the insidious quillum element of which he speaks is a small arm of a powerful brotherhood of thieves that's proliferated throughout the kingdom. He tells you the thieves recently began to take control of various elements within the city and seem to operate with impunity from the rule of law. Require a woman of your conviction and skill to succeed against such an enterprise, he says. Know that you would be well compensated for your efforts. I will not mislead you. The danger is great. Should you accept this task, you'll be the third to set out upon it. Yet I feel that I found you sooner. Our present position might not be marked with such desperation. Although you have little to go on, save the man's word, you somehow feel confident that lending yourself to the task he has laid out will serve as a good use for your time and talents. Having made up your mind, you accept the task, eliciting a curt nod from the mysterious stranger. He places both elbows on the table and leans closer, his voice falling to a near whisper as he outlines the first mission. You learn that the first of your grim tasks, for which the mysterious man you've come to think of as the Paymaster, involves a man known as the Blade. Your instructions are to take down the dangerous rogue. As will be true for this mission and others to follow, the means you employ to carry out the task is a decision I shall leave to you, he says. Left for dead or taken alive, the fate of those I set again set you against is of little concern to, concern to me. Instructions on when and where to locate the blade. You set out from the alehouse to carry out your paymaster's sentence against the unsuspecting Quinimal. I shall be eagerly awaiting your safe return, he says, as you depart. You are quick to locate the man known as the Blade on the northern end of Charna's broad quayside, in the midst of a throng of rather unsavoury-looking characters. You bide your time watching the movements of this man from a distance. He seems to command a great deal of respect from those around him, and although you have seen nothing that would prove it, you sense he is a fairly formidable adversary when armed. Suddenly, surrounded by three of his rugged-looking cohorts, the blade leaves the spot he has occupied for the better part of an hour, and steps into a small wooden building at the edge of the clay. Seeing as this as an opportunity to confront your target out of the public eye, you, you move swiftly up to the wooden building and boldly step inside. 
almost immediately, you find yourself surrounded by three by the three men who flank the blade. Each of the three cludger-wielding roughs glares at you, and they demand to know the purpose of your sudden intrusion. The reason? laughs the blade, standing near the back door. The reason couldn't be plainer. The old trickster is on our scent again. Won't be the first of his lackeys we chop into bait, and I'm quite, it's quite unlikely it will be the last. Kill it, and let's be done with it. The first of the three cudgel-wielding thugs takes a vicious swipe at you. The fight is on. It's a cudgel-wielding rough. Kill or subdue? Kill or subdue? Subdue. Strikes at you with his wooden cudgel. Okay, and brutal stroke for about six damage and is subdued. Nine XP. The second of the three cudgel-wielding men steps forward and attacks you with reckless ferocity. You parry the first of several of his attacks before countering your own. It's another cudgel-wielding rough, who I will subdue once again. Alright. Brutal stroke upon you. Keep striking with his wooden cudgel. I stab with my stabby knife. And I can kill the beast! 9 XP. Despite having witnessed your you summarily dispatches two cohorts, the third wolf is not deterred. Hmm, you probably should be. You quickly move to defend yourself from his brutal attack. Cudgel wielding wolf. Subdue your foe. Brutal stroke for six damage. Right, take him now. Take him now. Brutal stroke. Another six damage. Another brutal stroke. Seven damage. Brutal stroke. Five damage. But nevertheless, subdued. 9 XP. The Blade. Having witnessed your convincing defeat of his three roughs, turns and flees out of the back door. Before you can take up the pursuit, you find yourself confronted by a pair of sword-wielding thugs that enter the building via the door through which the leader just fled. Come on then, says one of the swordsmen as they quickly move in on you. Let's have ourselves a little go-around, friend. It's two sword-wielding thugs. I shall subdue these two. Yes, I'm just gonna I'm gonna subdue all the all the mooks, but the main ones I think I'll slay. The enemy lays a brutal stroke on you for twelve damage. Alright, keep stabbing, keep stabbing, keep stabbing, and subdued somehow. Thirteen XP, I'll take this opportunity to heal. Bounding over the fallen forms of your defeated foes, you sprint to the back door and throw it open, emerging from the small building into a wide alley. There is no sign of the man known as the Blade in either direction along the alley. Fighting back a rising sense of dismay, you immediately set off on a desperate search through the twisting alleys that run the length of the harbour front, seeking any sign of your intended target. You realise, to you have any hope of finding him, you must do so quickly. Okay, I can use divination to help, or just play it by ear. Divination! Channeling it! 64 XP to divination. A vision forms in your mind, detailing the precise location where your target is hiding. Ooh, that's convenient. You set out without delay to confront the blade, before he has the opportunity to escape again. Against all odds, you locate the intended target, 
crouched behind a sack of rotting barrels at the rear of a bread house. As you draw up to him, the blade springs to his feet and turns towards you, a look of disbelief spread across his scowling face. With no place to run, your opponent draws his longsword and levels the tip at you before assuming a combative stance and taking two cautious steps towards you. You steer yourself for what you feel will be a brutal flight. This is the blade, and he is going to die. The blade slashes at you with his longsword. Brutal stroke for 15 damage. Keep slashing, I keep stabbing, and he is slain. 22 XP. The blade lies dead at your feet. A lifetime of crimes against the innocent has at last caught up with him. A quick search of his body reveals only his longsword and the gold tokens I take both. 40 gold tokens to be precise. You're about to set off from the alley when two men suddenly appear from round a corner. The men stride up to you, nod you with a curt yard, nod, and pick up the body of your fallen foe. Without a word, the two men set off along the alley, carrying the body and are soon lost from sight. Puzzled by the odd ending to the encounter, but confident that it bears the mark of your mysterious paymaster, you quickly make your way out of the alley and head off in the direction of the Silver Moon Alehouse. Your mysterious paymaster seemed happy when you've returned to safety. When you announced him the success of your mission, he nods and hands you a pouch full of gold. 100 gold. You've done well, Sir Crokington, he says. Yet, how could I have expected differently with someone of your ability on the task? Still much to be done, however. When you inquire about the two men who arrived in the alley and took the body of the blade, the paymaster's countenance, or oh, what you can see of it, grows dim. Such things are best left unsaid, he replies. I only know that the trail is carefully concealed. I shall meet again with you here in two days' time. The alehouse servant play an alehouse servant place frothing mug in front of you, and you quickly sip the thick malty ale while you watch your mysterious master rise from the table and swiftly depart. You are left to wonder what ne- next lies in store for you. And that finishes that scenario, the 32 XB to general. On to the next part, which is... The Brothers Longshire. Begin the scenario. Again, you find yourself seated in the corner of the Silver Moon Alehouse, staring across the table at the mysterious figure in a broad-brimmed, leather-beaten hat. He drums his figures rhythmically on the wooden surface as he, as his hidden eyes carefully scan the alehouse crowd. Our move against our enemy has not gone without notice, and indeed reprisal, he says at last in a hushed tone. They are not accustomed to being provoked in this manner, and have taken measures to strengthen their hand. You learn the Brotherhood of Thieves, of which he speaks, has only yesterday retained retained the services of a violent, troublesome pair known as the Brothers Longshire. The Brothers, Teladus and and Mirick, are natives of Tana, and have long been among the most feared residents of the poor city. They are known for their violent tempers and their skill as armed combatants. Soon, after being informed of their favourite haunt by the mysterious paymaster, you make your way to a tavern in the northern part of the city. From a nearby vantage point, 
He watched the tavern closely, seeking any sign of the fearsome duo. Less than an hour into your vigil, the back door of the tavern flies open and three figures spill out into the alley. You have little trouble identifying the two of them as the brothers Longshire. The pair of broad-shouldered, braven-haired brutes, brutes savagely set upon the third man, pummeling without mercy. You hop into the street and step boldly into the alley. No business of yours, friend, sneers the tall of the two brothers, turning to confront you as you approach. Be best if you turn around and hopped off elsewhere. You and me, you recognise the brother who has spoken to you to be Talladus, and the other brother, Mirek, slightly shorter, but with a heavier frame, continues to assail their victim, who is nearly unconscious. Talladus takes a freshening step towards you, as if to add emphasis to his suggestion. When you defiantly hold your ground, he quickly draws an axe. Don't mind giving the old piece a go, he says angrily. Don't mind at all. It's Talalidus Longshire. Down. Well, kill or subdue. No, 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 I've said it. Made a policy. I kill the main targets. Anyone who gets sweeped up, just gets subdued. Kill Talalidus Longshire. Hacks at you with his axe and lays a brutal stroke for four damage. Yes. Okay. And is slain. 13 XP. Mirik Longsire releases the gri- his grip on the collar of the badly beaten man and lets the body slump to the ground. The man weaves about moaning and struggles to his feet. Mirik curses you and, and, f- and draws an axe and stalks forward to avenge his fallen brother. You take some consolation in the fact that the man that Mirak had been pummeling uses his opportunity to effect an escape. He limps off, leaving you to face the last of the brothers Longshire. It's Mirak Longshire, and he too will be joining his brother. Kill him! Mirak Longshire hacks at you with his axe. Okay, downy brutal stroke, seven damage. And is slain. 21 XP. The three figures emerge from the three figures emerge from the shadows at the rear of the tavern, each acknowledging you with a curt nod. The men quickly drag the bodies of Mirek and Talonus out of sight, return moments later bearing the axes formerly wielded by the brothers. They're both yours if you wish to have them, says one of the men. Laying both axes on the ground in front of you. We'll dispose of this cool, crude pair. Well done, friend. Okay, I've got a well-crafted axe and a superior axe. I'll just take both. Before you can question the men, they turn and move off along the alley, hauling away the bodies of the brothers Longshire. You leave the alley and make your way back to the Silver Moon Alehouse. The man in a broad, the man in the broad-wimmed, weather-stained hat. Slips you a bulging pouch of gold as he takes a seat off, as you take a seat opposite him in, the, in a corner table in the Silver Moon Alehouse. You made quite an impression, Sir Cogton, he says. Wish I could report your services no longer required, yet I cannot. Though there is much yet to do, if you would indulge me. There is an urgent matter I wish to relate to you. 150 gold tokens, 32 experience to general. And that is the end 
of this scenario. And now on to the third part of the ninth part. The Huntsman. Begin. Seated across the table from the mysterious man you know only as your paymaster, you learn that he again wishes wishes you to strike the Brotherhood of Thieves against which he operates. This time, a man by the name of Gillibrun Thurisau is to be your target. He is a dangerous fellow, that is certain, he says. He is known as the Huntsman in the vicious circles that tolerate his murderous kind. And among his unsavoury uh, ilk, he has crafted a fearsome reputation. He is a man of great physical strength and a cold-blooded killer. He is one of the Brotherhood's primary enforcers. And he is your next target. You know that Grinnabrum hunts, hunts the forest east of China almost every day. And can be found returning alone from a hunt among, among one of the many desolate forest woes that lead back to the poor city. Surprise will be your greatest ally in this endeavour, he says. Gilliborn is a cautious man, but his haughtiness equals his wariness. He may underestimate the danger alone. The danger a small toad represents. Let such insolence be his undoing. It is late afternoon when your vantage point on the forested slope east of Chana you catch your first glimpse of Gilborn Fussell, the huntsman. The bulky, bearded man with a broad chest and thickly muscled arms strolls slowly along a forest road leading west towards the port city after a day-long hunt. A bow is slung over his white shoulder and his waist, as his waist hands a short sword. Instinct tells you that this man Fearson's reputation is well deserved. You creep down the hillside, attempting to reach the edge of the road and ambush him as he passes by. You reach the side of the road and crouch down in the thick undergrowth. With bated breath and your heart pounding, you watch as Gilliburn approaches along the road. When he is three strides past your hiding place, you spring out of the forest and attack him from behind, picking a number. Bonus of 258. 20 from agility, 120 from woodmanship, 118 from thievery. Pick now. 192. Your ambush caught Gulliburn off guard. The huntsman struggles to draw his short sword as he tries to dodge your flurry of, bow, of blows. Alright. Bravely attack Gulliburn Fussell. Begin combat. Alright. He's going to die. He swipes at you with his short sword. Particularly brutal stroke for 14 damage. Particularly brutal stroke for 12 damage. Another brutal stroke for 9 damage, but is slain. 22 XP. You haul Gilliburn's buddy corpse off the edge of the world and conceal it among the thick undergrowth. A quick search of his belongings wheels reveals the following. A short bow. I'll just leave that behind. Because it's kind of hard to... Because I already have a short bow and it just end up stacked with it. On a short, shorty, sturdy, short sword, which I'll take, and 29 gold tokens. It is nearing dusk when you return to Chana, and make your way 
in the streets of the port city and once again find yourself seated across from your mysterious paymaster at the corner set table in the silver moon alehouse. Before saying anything, your paymaster hands you a pouch containing a large quantity of gold. 250 gold. Our situation grows more dangerous, and yet, with that danger, arrives the glimmer of a chance, he says in a hushed tone. Nor was the minute before he speaks again. It is inevitable that the enemy will choose to strike out of those they feel are responsible for their brotherhood, for attacks against their brotherhood, he continues. And yet, while their reprisals are certainly be no small matter, likely to present us with an opportunity it out as I suspect it might. There may be a chance to strike at the heart of his serpent when its fangs are entangled elsewhere. A swift and fatal strike, Sir Cokington. A strike that you will deliver. And that ends this scenario with 128 experience to general. And then we go on to part 10. The Paymaster, part two. For a whamshackle alehouse on the harbour front in China, your mysterious Paymaster sends you on your final and most dangerous missions. Part one. The first snow is the meeting. Begin the scenario. Again, you find yourself seated across from your mysterious Paymaster at the corner table in the Silver Moon alehouse in China. The man whom, whom you regard, regard. You've come to regard and an unseen ally in your secretive endeavours shifts in his chair and leans forward, resting on his shoulders as he speaks in a low, caution laden tone. The hour before dawn, a lone man will be awaiting the arrival of an accomplice just outside the eastern gates, he says. We believe this man can lead us to the base of operations for the fees that are set up my, or shall I say more rightly, our city. It has been arranged that your accomplice for this, for this, for this, for which he waits will not, that the accomplice for which he waits will not arrive. You, Sir Crokington, would arrive in his stead. And under the cart, Cover a darkness. Take our lurker alive. The vision seems to be straightforward enough, as, as it has been the case with the others. Before your departure, mysterious paymaster relays to you an ominous morning. You're very close, Sir Cockington, he says. And indeed, this shall prove to be the most crucial hour. You will no doubt, no doubt exercise all due caution. For a man in possession of the sort of information we seek will not likely part with it willingly or easily. You spend the remainder of the day and much of the, no- the night preparing for your pre-dawn mission. The frigid mo- morning that follows, a peaceful, a peaceful night in the seaport, f- finds, f- finds you making your way through the trees along the edge of the forest road leading east through the mighty gates of Chana. Less than a quarter of a mi- mile from the city gates, you come upon 
your intended target, milling about on the side of the road. His back pressed securely against the trunk of a towering maple. Stands a tall, oversized, tall man wrapped in a deep blue cloak, his head shrouded by an oversized hood. For several minutes, he remained still, watching the road carefully for any sign of someone else approaching. The man seems oblivious to your near, nearby pre- presence. In both, both directions along the road, nothing stirs. Oh, so sneak up on him or target him directly. Oh, that's just... Approach the target directly. Making no attempt to conceal your approach. You move along the edge, the edge of the road towards the cloaked man. When you see you're within 50 yards of the man, the man, the sir, when you're within 50 yards, the man suddenly steps away from the tree for which you've been following and hails you in a silent manner. It is instantly apparent that your target believes you to be the accomplished for Richie. He has been waiting. Return the wave and continue your steady approach, hoping you will be able to hold up this bluff long enough to get within striking distance. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 133. 62 from Diplomacy. Thirty-nine from feathery and twelve from luck. Pick now. Hundred and twenty. Your bravado has paid off. The man realizes realizes you are not the accomplished for for. Before the man realizes you are not the accomplished for which he has kept his lonely plead pre-dawn vigil, you are upon him, through caught off guard by your sudden assault. Your enemy quickly recovers and launches a counter-attack. This is a mistake, fool! hisses the man as he draws his longsword and cuts a wide arc with it, missing your head by mere inches. This is the cloaked assailant. Begin combat. I can subdue my enemy, or, well, that's my only option, because he has to be taken alive. I'll fight him defensively. Your enemy slashes at you with his longsword. Your cloaked adversary unleashes a wide arc of crimson flame that quickly engulfs you for 11 damage. Oh, he's got magic too. Alright, keep slashing, keep slashing, I keep stabbing. Oh, another arc of crimson flame for another 11 damage. Uh, Oh, crimson flame for 8 damage. Crimson Flame for 9 damage, but down he goes. 37 XP. Unconscious, but still very much alive. Your defeated opponent crumples to the ground at your feet. You quickly check his vital signs to make certain you haven't killed him. And when you are certain that he will survive your harsh lesson, you begin to wonder what your next move will be. The sound of approaching hoofbeats sends you, you scrambling into the forest at the edge of the road, lest, lest you should be discovered handing over, standing over what appears to be a dead body. 
Three men on horseback emerge out of the early morning gloom, and two of them slip from the saddle, move over to the body of the cloaked man. The two, the two men move at each other and nod. Then they lift their body and sling it out over the back of the horse that still bears its wider. To taking a moment to secure the weighty load with, with a stout length of rope, one of the men slaps the horn, horse, horse's haunch, sending it and its wider along the road towards the city at a good clip. Suddenly, one of the men turns in your direction and thumbs the brim of his hat without a word. The two, men remain, two remaining horsemen dismount their steeds and speed off in the direction of their departed cohort. Happy to be done with the grim endeavour, and certain that your mysterious paymaster will know your mission's success before you relate it to him. You set out west along the road, heading towards the towering, towering eastern wall of the looming seaport. Your paymaster drops a heavy pouch of gold onto your lap as he passes by behind you and takes takes his seat across from across from the corner table at the silver moon alehouse the serpent's nest will soon be revealed he says the man who man you took down is thick with the thieves he will quickly learn the benefit of a truthful divergence and thus the heart of the NMP's operation will be laid bare. A final task in the surface of our cause, for which I stand, is all I ask, Sir Crockington. Victory, victory is near, and a treacherous, eh, a treacherous enemy teeters on the brink of ruin, yet we must not overplay our hand. Meet me here tomorrow morning. And that finishes this scenario. I get paid... 300 gold tokens, and I get 128 points to general. And that is the end of this scenario. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and on to the next one, which is Into the Fire. And it begins. A cool afternoon is rapidly ch- fading into a chill dusk when you again find yourself seated at the corner table in the Silver Moon Alehouse. Across, across the warped wooden surface from you sits the mysterious paymaster, the shadow cast by his broad-wimmed, leather-stained hat, concealing almost half of his face and his fingers drubbing across the table in a steady ribbon. We take the fight to the heart of this snake, he says, leaning forward to, to rest on his elbows. The last man you brought down was worth a thousand thieves rotting on a dungeon wall, for his story leads us to the nest that spawns this vermin. Into that lair, I must ask you, go, Sir Crockington, to widows of this thief lord, and all the ilk that crawl from the shadows of that place. A force of a hundred armed men I'd be less eager to trust with this mission. There was something else too. Something more sinister than we might have ever guessed. You learn that the base of operations for the band of thieves that plague the seaport is a watchtower among one of the woodland roads east of the city. The paymaster tells you the tower is manned by city guardsmen! A fact that greatly disturbs him, as it means that thieves are receiving help from traitors within the city. You will pay. You take special care on this one, Sir Crokington, he says. The deceit and corruption that our captive story reveals can be assumed to one deep. Until this mission is carried out, we'd be foolish to trust any place as safe, and foolish to believe in the secrecy. Of even the faintest of our whispers. That's why he's not sending his, you know. Well, well, I don't, I don't even know if he has 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 an army. But I guess he could call the Thane and ask him to send an army. But you can't do that because you don't know who, you don't know how deep, how far up the corruption goes. Could even go. All the way to the top with the Thane himself. Oh dear, that would be bad. The prospect of having to infiltrate a watchtower so firmly in the grip of the enemy weighs heavily on your mind. But when the paymaster next speaks, you find your spirits to be. Spirits. <laughs> Find your spirits to be somewhat buoyed by what he has to say. You learn that the information provided by the captive feet, that the paymaster's co- paymaster's cause, was able to track down and apprehend a messenger they believed to have been we- we- bearing news of the events within the city. City in the watchtower. Lucky for us, this particular messenger was a woman I know who I can. You know, who could carry you there? <laughs> he says, or something like that. Okay, that's 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 me having to redo it on the fly. It's difficult sometimes. 
from across the table from across the table he hands you a plate playing cough trumble with, with string he tells you these are the garments of the messenger and that he's he, he's finding someone to wear them <laughs> and with with that and with with her with her assistance as part of the disguise you'll be able to hope, hope hopefully help in your effort to gain entrance to the thieves there the paymaster tells you that the messenger's name was Vraska, and you quickly commit the name to memory. This is no doubt the most perilous of the missions I've yet sent you on, he says. I I don't have to remind you to be careful, Sir Crowington, for while the danger is great, the cost of failure is greater. Our enemy will soon know that we are on his trail. We may not be afforded a second chance like this. Okay, I with with the anyway. I we go we go to the guard tower. Dusk is giving way to the edge of night. When when you pass through the eastern gates of Charna, the 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 watchtower is nearly five mi- miles to the east, sitting along one of the main roads leading west into the city. As the walls of the seaport slip into the darkness behind you. You mutter a quick prayer and set off what you believe to be your final mission for the man you know, man you know only as your paymaster. As, as a short journey to the watchtower passes without incident, as you both near the structure, you take note of the glow of fire animating from the top windows. The two guards, each clad in chainmail, and their tabards embroidered with the insignia of Chana, stand watch at the edge of the road. So, sneak past them, or approach them. Hmm. <laughs> approach, approach, okay. Garbled in the outfit of the captured Meskavaska, you boldly approach the guards, hoping that your disguise, boisted by the arrival of the knight, will be enough to fool the watchful sentries. However, as you approach them, the guards step forward to greet you, and one of them says something that catches you by surprise. Evening, Miss Vasca, says one of the guards, eyeing you suspiciously, though you can tell that he is having trouble making out the entirety of your face in the dark. darkness. What happened to your horse, my lady? So i got to try to boy- bluff my way past them, or just attack them. Now, I'm not quite sure... If these guardsmen are in on the whole thing. They might just be regular guardsmen. Who just turn up to work. And don't even know that the top floor of their tower has been given over to evil. It can happen. It can happen. I'll bluff my way past then. Okay. I carefully sneak. (laughs) I carefully sneak some. a, A... a sneak a believable lie to, <laughs> to, to, to the lady I'm, uh, well, hidden in the pocket of or something like that. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 256. 12 from luck. 186 from diplomacy. And 59 from V3. Pick now. The guards laugh when we relate to them a comical tale. Of how your horse was stolen in the city stables. That's 253 points. Well, you can't rightly blame us for that one. Last one of 
one of the one of that's one of the men. Wasn't my station to watch the stables after all. City's gone to the rats, if you ask me. The guards resumed their vigil outside the wound styles, leaving you about your business. Wait, wait, wasting no time. You move up to the door of the watchtower, open it, and slip inside. And at some point, uh, using a bit of illusion magic, my companion is sneaks is sneaked away, <laughs> or something like that. It's just me, cause it's it's getting hot. Just to say, it's just me, cause I can't handle two people. <laughs> The ground floor of the watchtower is empty, and you're immediately thankful not to be stepped out to with any further guards for the moment. A set of stone steps upwards along the wall of the tower's step, second story. You cautiously climb the wide stair, emerging moments later on, on an also empty second level. From here, a wooden ladder ascends to a wooden trapdoor. That, st- that steals a circular portal t- cut into the ceiling above, some 15 feet over your head. You warily make your climb, stealing yourself for what might lie through the, th- through the f- door above. You reach the top of the ladder and carefully push open the trapdoor as it falls away f- from your grasp. From your grasp and lands with a loud grasp on the tower stone floor the tower's third level you step up through the portal and find yourself at the base of a set of stone steps leading up to the tower's top floor two burly guardsmen step forward and confront you you're not vaskra sneers one of the guards what oh how did you figure that out hmm. <laughs> was it the fact that you know I'm about a tenth of the size, and all that. Well, both guards draw short swords and attack. Oh, finally, don't have to worry about stealth anymore. We can fight. Which is just so much easier. Two burly guardsmen. Alright, I assume. Well, they're in on it. They have to die. The guardsmen slash at you with their blades. Brutal stroke, nine damage. Another brutal stroke for three damage, then for five damage, but they are slain. 21 XP. The second guardsman hits the stone floor, where he thrashes about wildly in the throes of death before becoming still. You quickly check over your equipment, and are about to start start up the steps when you suddenly freeze. The point of the... As the point of a knife is pressed firmly into your back. Move one muscle and I'll carve out your lungs. This is a thin, sinister voice from behind you. Though you do not believe this to be an idle threat. You realise you must act. No good will likely come of remaining at the mercy of, an uns- of your unseen foe. So, use my unarmed combat or use my other skills, I guess. Unarmed combat. Use it. You inhale inhale deeply and close your eyes. The next instant you sprung into action, attempting a difficult manoeuvre you would hope will disarm your unseen assailant. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 15, all from unarmed combat. Go to get 44 or more. Well, it won't work. Pick now. 94, success. 16 XP to unarmed combat. You twist to your left and bring your... And bring the... 
bring your hand down upon the wrist of your foe, electing a cry of pain as your lightning flash blow sends his long-bladed knife clattering to the floor. You take an next step back and bring your eyes to look up upon your unknown assailant. A slight man, a thin grey for hood covering his head and shattering his face. Stands less than three arms lengths from you. You are known assailant. Quickly draws a short sword and attacks. It's a hooded assailant. He's going to die. A hooded man slashes at you with his short sword. Your enemy lays a brutal stroke on you for twelve damage. And then again for five damage. Then again for five damage once more. But I keep stabbing. But a brutal stroke for ten damage is the last he ever does. Before... He is slain. You, 12, 22 XP. You step back from the body of your fallen enemy and are trying to catch your breath when suddenly the door at the top of the stair opens and a large man, clad in a suit of chain armour, steps out of the narrow landing. He closes the door behind himself and begins to make his way down the stairs. The large man appears to be in no great hurry, leading you to believe he knows nothing of what has what has taken place here so I can I can hide in the shadows which I'm very good at or I could just remain where you are and prepare to encounter the man honestly I've had enough of stealth just the second option we fight halfway down the steps the man suddenly stops his eyes widen as he looks upon the three bodies strewn up about the floor of the chamber below he draws a short sword and continues down the stairs, his eyes scouring the shadows. When he catches sight of you, he leaps down the last few steps and rushes at you. It's a man in a chain, sh- in a chain shirt and we are going to kill him. The man slashes at you with his short sword and he keeps slashing and is slain. 21 XP the large man at last succumbs to death, his lifeless body slumping onto the floor of the chamber. Alright. Leaving the corpse-strewn chamber below, you quickly make your way up the stairs to the wooden door. You listen for several moments, with your ears pressed to the timbers, but you hear nothing on the other side. Cautiously, you open the door and step into the dimly lit chambers beyond. A staggering pain shoots the length of your spine as your shot blow to your back from a heavy object drops drops you to your knees through a blurring vision. You note the toe of a leather boot appears to your left as everything goes black. And that finishes this scenario with 64 XP to general. And we're in quite a pickle. But I think we'll find our way out of it soon enough. This is it, the very last part of of Proving Grounds, part, the second Proving Grounds, it's called Revelation. Oh, what will we discover? Well, we'll find out soon. Begin the scenario. You, you awake to find yourself outside, in a woodland clearing, surrounded by the nocturnal sounds of the forest, and a wing of seven shadowy figures. One of the figures... Surrounding you, raises a lantern, illuminating a gaunt, age-worn face. Your head, 
your head aches violently, and you're quick to discover that your hands and feet are bound with thick rope. Two sets of hands, hands take hold of you and roughly drag you to your feet. The man bearing the lantern steps forward and addresses you. A feat of no small proportion, and a lesson we shall not soon forget. He smiles, the what mock sediment, sending a shiver the length of your spine. You would have been a fine addition to your wanks, had we found you first, but no matter, as it is. You're far too dangerous to be left to your own devices. Well, tonight is truly a victory, he continues. At last, we can have an end to all this silly bloodshed. After all, in addition to you, we found the root of our problem. It seems only prudent that we remove both, don't you think? The man motions with his hand, and the two men surround you depart, only to return moments later with another bound figure. The second captive is thrust forward and falls to the ground at your feet. At the feet of the, feet of the man with the lantern. At, at the, the bound and gag man rises raises his head. You are shocked to the core by the familiar face that stares up at you. Yes. The bound and gagged man on the ground at your feet of your captors is none other than the man you've come to know in come to know as your paymaster. His, his face bears the marks of ill treatment at the hands of these men, but his eyes you sense a steely reserve that is unbroken. The man holding the lantern stoops down next to your paymaster, further illuminating his face and giving you a second, even more profound shock. The, the, the face bathed in the light of the lantern is one known to you, and indeed all of Chana. It is the face of Thane Moal. Yes, a Thane, taking matters into his own hands. Quite industrious, says the captor. Says your captor in a mocking tone. No matter, both of you shall die here tonight. I must admit, I had reservations about killing a Thane, but so be it. The way I see it, we're all murderers here. I just happen not yet to have a lofty title and a high wall keep to protect me. Yet. A sharp blow to the back of the thane's head renders him unconscious. Your mind races as you attempt to find a glimmer of hope amidst the grimming prospect of looming death. Oh my, this is, this is bad. This is... Really, really bad. Kill her. Kill it slowly, orders the gaunt-faced man. As you are hurled to the, as you are hurled to the ground from behind, use the lash. I want to hear every last whimper. You grit your teeth and steel yourself to the immediate attack. With a sharp crack, the bit, the tails of the lash bite into your flesh of your back, causing you to cry out in pain. Poor damage. You have survived the brutal attack, but you realise that unless you can fi- find a way to break free from your bonds, you will shortly perish. Okay, so, just hulk my way out. 
attempt to break free from your bonds. If you have the skill of thievery and wish to use it, or I could use the power of telekinesis. Well, I think last time I used well, my last character, I used the power of telekinesis, but so this time I'll go for thievery. Able to reach your set of thief's tools. You nimbly position a thin, sword-like blade between your fingers and rapidly set to work on your bonds. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 15, all from thievery. I've got to get 44 or more to get out before I'm caught. Pick now. It's a failure. God, someone went gunk. Hey, none of that, none of that, and just takes the tools. Having failed to escape the bonds by this means, you have no choice but to strain against me. Oh dear, this has made me angry. You call upon every reserve of strength in your body. You, you strain against the thick ropes that bind your hands and feet, picking a number. Bonus of 82, 30 from might, 20 from spirit, and 32 from body. Alright, pick now, pick now. What do I get? 155. A gasp goes up from those gathered around as the rope that binds, that binds your hands and feet snaps under the sheer force of the might straining against it. With a little bit of help from telekinesis. Just a little bit of help from that, too. A little bit of help. A little bit of help. <laughs> you roll to your left and spring to your feet, straining or shaking off the remains of your bonds as you turn to face the man wielding the lash. You. You're first. But you won't be last, that's for sure. The man wielding the lash takes a step back as you turn to face him. The others shout for him to finish you off. In the wake of their words, his courage seems to grow. He slowly begins to circle you, waiting for an opportunity to strike. That's not good enough. It's a lash-wielding fuck. And this time, it's quite personal when I kill you. The man with the lash strikes out at you, but is still slain. Ooh, that's satisfying. Yeah, punk. No nine XP. No sooner has the corpse of your lash-wielding foe struck the ground, you are set set upon by two dagger-wielding thieves. Without a word, the skilled pair thrust their deadly blades at you. In a vicious attack. Alright, it's two dagger-fielding thieves. Nothing personal this time. Well, maybe a little bit, but you're going to die. Because you've done all sorts of bad things. And you're bad people with bad company. Two thieves stab at you with their deadly blades. Alright. Well, my blade's more deadly. It is a blade from the Phantom Assassin himself, you know. You have slain your foe. 30, 13 XP. 
not deterred by the three men who stepped to the brave. A man wielding a heavy iron rod steps forward and takes a swipe at you. You dodge, you leap over his initial attack, dealt with your own, the ferocity of which seems to have caught him off guard. It's a broad-wielding brute. Begin combat. The towering brute swats at you with his heavy iron rod. And is slain. 22 XP. With the bodies mounting at your feet, you begin to hope that the remainder of the captors will think better. Better will continue with their assault, but appears you are to have no such luck. Three caped men, each wielding long-handed wooden cudgels, rush at you from their shadows. Capes? Oh dear. You shouldn't be wearing capes. Begin combat. They get all torn up in their capes, which just lets me stab them better. The tree of thieves strike out at you with their wooden clubs. But down they will go, and they are slain. 30 XP. With only the gaunt-faced man bearing the lantern, the apparent leader of this vicious band of thieves remains. He turns to flee, but as he does, he pauses and hurls two knives at you. The speeding blades hurtle towards you with deadly accuracy. So dodge, telekinesis, fortification. Well, telekinesis is, because that just looks cooler. Channel telekinesis. It works. 16 XP to telekinesis. Calling upon your mastery of telekinesis, you project a mental force at the hurtling knives, averting the course, their course in mid-flight. The knives sail off into the darkness, several feet wide of their original mark. Wasting no time, you spring forward and grab hold of the man's tunic, spinning him and arrest, spinning him around and arresting him in his flight. The gaunt-faced man draws a short sword and strikes out at you with it. The blade missing the left side of your face. The blade, miss, the blade missing the left side of your face by barely an inch. Quickly come, becomes obvious. You are facing a skilled and deadly combatant. This is a gaunt-faced master thief. Whose name I never learned and do not care to. Begin combat. The Master Thief slashes you with his short, short, short blade, but is now slain. Wow. Well, there you go before you start some sort of mini civil war by declaring yourself the leader of the leader of Chana, which of course would be met with a huge counter counter offence by the crown. But then you'll probably try you'll probably try and conscript half the population of China into your army and there'll be a big fight and probably China would end up burned to the ground. Mainly because you just do it out of freaking spite, wouldn't you? That was your plan, wasn't it? That's what you would do if I hadn't stabbed you just now. Well Well that isn't going to happen. Cause you're dead. And you're going to wherever it is the bad people go. 70 XP. The master thief topples to the ground. His eyes flicker briefly and he expires. 
He dropped to one knee, winded from the excursion of the brutal melee. And when you've recovered sufficiently, you make a quick search of his body. 199 gold tokens. I guess he kept most of his ill-gotten gains elsewhere. Well... Well, we're, we're going to have to return all that to the city anyway, aren't we? He's got a short sword, studded leather belt, and padded sleeves. They're all pretty decent, so I'm taking a lot of them. A, ma- a groan, a, ma- a moan from the darkness to the white returns you to your feet, and you wash over to the side of the bound Thane. Thane Mondrel has barely regained consciousness when you reach his side, after a few moments, his eyes open fully and is able to speak. You quickly cut him free of his bonds and help him sit up. You almost, feeling, almost feel foolish for having concealed my identity from you. He says his voice weak but unwavering. I saw only your last victory, I'm afraid. Yet, by the number of dead strewn about, I would say you did a rather admirable job of giving them a taste of the true fight. You help the thane to his feet, and after a few minutes he seems to have regained much of his strength. He tells you he was caught off guard while leaving the Silver Moon Airhouse, and was overpowered by four men who captured him, bound him, and brought him here. You must understand, Sir Crokington, it was never my intention to mislead you, he says. Concealing my identity from you, and from others, was crucial to the success of this cause. And I dare say, success has been achieved. Still, it is a victory that none must ever know about. I shall have my men see to it that the watchtower is fully searched and the scene of battle cleaned up. None will ever learn what transpired here. And also, I'll probably have to return a lot of the stolen goods. Thane Morrow walks, walks with you along a winding forest track, pass, path back to the watchtower. I mean, ever again... I may never again have a chance to speak with you, Sir Crokerton, he says, as you arrive at the woeside, and therefore I would like to thank you now, as if gratitude could be enough, for it was only by your hand was this outcome possible. You have spared an entire city the waff of these vipers, and on behalf of those who will never know their protector, I thank you. When you ask the the Thane if he needs any further assistance, he politely declines your offer and tells you to return to the city. You've earned some rest, to say the very least. He says, I'm going to linger about here just a bit longer. Now go, and find yourself an alehouse with stout broom. Might I suggest the silver moon? I hear the, I hear the corner table offers a fine draught off, fine draught off the fire. With a smirk, you bid the Thane farewell and begin the dark, lonely trek back to the seaport. In the days that follow your defeat of the thieves at the Watchtower, the city guards in Charna score several important victories over the scattered remains of the vicious brotherhood. Not long after your final mission for your paymaster, you are paid a visit by a messenger bearing a package marked with Thane Mordor's personal seal. Inside the package, you are shocked to discover a large quantity of gold. Two thousand gold! As the weeks go by, stories begin to circulate throughout China about a mysterious hero who took down a master thief 
and his henchmen in the forests outside the city walls. When you hear such stories, you can't help but smirk. Experience has taught you that such fantastic tales are best taken with a grain of salt. And that is the end of the final scenario, and I get 256 experience to general. But the real reward, well, the real reward is, the, is of course, that the city is, is free from, is free from insidious in, in influence. But the real material reward is next. Congratulations, Sir Crokington. You successfully completed the final scenario in the second Swift TM Proving Grounds event. For your heroic effort, you have earned the following rewards. 1,028 experience to general. 128 experience to all skills and powers. That's fairly nice. Your final score of 100% places you in the first Order of Adventurers. The Order of the Arcmaster Adventurer. Entitling to an award of 24 adventure tokens. Which I get. Very nice. But, yep, and that, that is the end of Proving Grounds 2. What shall I do next? You know what? Next, I think. Well, I've now got enough ATs that I can actually... I, can, I think I'll be able to get something nice with them. So I'll be going to Tally's Trading Post to spend them. But that, that'll be off screen because it's just shopping. Until then, farewell. Next, and after that, I think I'll start with the wound skin starker. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.